Jim and Harry coming out right now. <laughs> Some bust toss. <laughs> yes. Oh! Yo, 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 ha ha. Yeah, you are now into Squared Circle 101. You got your man, the Titanian Stallion, Mr. Sunny L up in here. Now, my dude with me is one of the toughest, realest, hardest dudes I know. Until his mom calls it. What is she listed under your contact ass? Mommy. Make sure you hit us up on Facebook.com forward slash Squared Circle 101. Or hit us up on Instagram at Squared Circle 101. Or talk a little smack to us on Twitter. I talk to Smack 101. How you feeling, man? You feel First good? of all, every black man is scared of his mom, man. That's just how we were raised, man. Still to this day. I'm scared of black moms. Uh, oh. I'm, I'm like, I'm 37 years old, man. I still won't cuss. And when I do cuss, I flinch just to see what she's going to do. Like, I just see what I can get away with, man, even at this age. My sister's godfather, um, his his ex, his wife, uh, my Aunt Pat, this woman, she was like five foot three. And I've never feared a woman more in my life than her. Mm-hmm. Like, it just hurt. She had that whole attitude and everything, and it was just like, I don't know, I was deathly afraid of her. And she laughed when I I told her about it, and she just thinks it's hilarious. You know? Of course. They but, like... But this is the same chick. She, she's just like... They're like they're like dictators, man. When they when they mute the fear of the people, it's like that's enjoyment to entertain them. And then this is the same that's family... That's for you. They're the same family who introduced me to crawfish, who introduced me to collard greens, and all, all the soul food, because he's there from Louisiana, so... Yeah. Gotcha. Have you ever had collard green soup? No. I want it now. You're welcome. I'll give. I'll, I'll introduce you. <laughs> I, I need. I need a, a list, a menu from the DMV. <laughs> Make it easy for me. What you got for me? Man? How we win? All right. Comfort is a silent quit, quit killer. Comfort is quicksand. The softer the chair, the harder it is to get out of. Let's try that one more time. Go ahead. Comfort is a silent killer. Comfort is quicksand. The softer the chair, the harder it is to get out of. Wow, that's a, that's pretty deep, bro. Yeah, that reminds me of the replacements. You know what I'm saying? Quicksand. Next thing you know, you're in over your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, the hardest part of the day is actually getting out of the bed. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You're warm, you're cozy, but in order for you to keep a roof over your head, in order for you to eat, for you to feed your family, yeah. you got to get out and grind. You get comfortable. All that because I goes to the wayside, bro. Well, I'm convinced that no black women sit on soft chairs and <laughs> booties. That's for sure. <laughs> one more time, man. That's Dude. a good one. Comfort is a silent killer. Comfort is quicksand. The softer the chair, the harder it is to get out of. See, I can tell when, you, when I got no jokes, that's when you got a solid one. That's a good one. I like that. That's, one. that's a good one. Now we back. I'm actually really excited about this show. There's a lot to talk about. There's I know everybody's been ta- anticipating our reactions and mm-hmm. hearing it. Well, we we've been off for a while and we've been lazy, but honestly, that just makes the material a lot of a lot, a lot better. better. We can I mean the thing is we can make up material anyway. Yes. But when we actually have stuff that's given to us, mm-hmm. then we can elaborate it, then there's not enough hours in the day. We could come in here with no notes, no topics, and just we kinda, pull up the web. We kinda do. I mean we got we got we got outlines. Yeah, it's outlines. A, it's yeah, an outline. It's because an outline. we don't want the show to be Google searching, you know, shitting all day. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know if anybody can do it like us, bro. I don't think they can, man, because <laughs> we're one of a kind with it, and no one's more entertaining. That's hands down. Yeah. And I don't care what nobody says, and I challenge you if you think different. So let's get into and, this. And make sure your prince is there. <laughs> make sure your prince is there. <laughs> now, uh, we're going to start with, uh, what, it was two, not, two weeks ago now, we had, it was a great fight weekend. We had the Battle of Liverpool started off, Liam Smith versus Anthony Fowler. This was early in the morning in the UK. Liam Smith fought a great five, six-round fight that he ended up winning. Started off losing on the cards. 
Um, and this was kind of you, you, you got a special place in your heart for all the Smiths. Oh, just because they, you know, they got the they have the sister who has autism. They rock it on every trunk. Yeah. And also, and and you know how I feel about British fighters, though. You know, British, yeah. they're just they're they're backroom brawlers. That's what they are. Mm-hmm. And uh, th- and this dude showed it too because he was starting off losing the fight and knocked this guy out. Anthony Fowler was real. This was a battle of Liverpool for sure. Great fight, I recommend for anybody to watch. It's only six rounds, entertaining as hell. Um, but it, it's it's hard to give too much attention to it because I think we witnessed the greatest heavyweight fight of our era, right? Yeah. And this was a halt. Is that is this where you want to start, or do you want to start with Mike Garcia? Uh, well, the Garcia fight was afterwards, so we can go in the order of the timeline. But yeah, we'll move that up. Let's talk about right, Mike. Let's, 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 look, man. Look. You, you don't get the main event and then and then go for the undercards after. This isn't a Tyson fight, That's which right. if you don't remember, you guys are way too young for that. Yeah. They used to have to have fights after the Tyson fight just because they would end so quickly. There was too much time left. What's the last? Like, there's never there. No, I can't. I can't remember the last time I've seen a fight come on after the main event, at least in recent history. And the only time I can remember it is during Tyson fights because the fights would be over so fast. They have to fill that time slot. They have slot. to fill the time slot, yeah. They have, and, and all fights, everybody understand, every big major fight has fights ready for this to happen. Yeah. If it happens, if it would have happened on the Tyson Fury fight, they would have had a fight come on. Yeah. You know, like, if anything, they would have closed out with it going on in the ring. Yeah. So they have, they're always prepared for that. Now, Mikey Garcia, this is a guy that was once top... Pound for pound, right? Yeah, on our list. Yeah, our list, because not, for a while he was what thirty five and zero, and then you know he had a lot he, of good wins, and then as he, soon as he moved up to the welterweight division, well, you know it's like just like every rapper, you know, when you get a hot album, some hot lines, you go in on somebody, you just think you're the illest out there. And let me call out the best, but rightfully so, he had the record, he had the titles, didn't have the size. He yeah, okay, yeah, and then you go in and then you fight. You know Earl Spence. I, I mean, there there's steps to this. Even uh, even uh, Usyk didn't come in and fight Deontay Wilder or Anthony Joshua yeah. right away. Now, the best thing about that, since you brought up Earl Spence with Mikey Garcia losing this fight, when I watched the fight, I thought I thought he lost it, but I thought I'm like, there's no way they're gonna give this guy the loss. Okay, so. That's what I was looking at when we was just watching the fight. Because I went in there, I didn't think there was enough definitive for... Usually with somebody with a name like Anthony Garcia. What's, what's my Mike, boy's Mike, name? Mike Garcia. Uh, no, uh, no, Sandor Martin. Martin. When you go in, you usually have to take the win from somebody with a notable name. Because, yes. like, you know, if you sit there, if it's 50-50... I'm going to give it to the person. I, you know, it's one thing to always, root, always, always root for the underdogs until this happens because yeah. you usually got to bring it, make yourself noticeable. Because like, if we never watched Martin fight again. Are you really going to know? I don't know. Now for this guy, he fought the same fight Errol Spence fought because Errol Spence he could have walked Mike Garcia down, but he chose to box him, and he used basically the same game plan to beat Mikey Garcia. Yeah, but the thing is, though, it was more definitive yeah. when Earl Spence yes. won, because that was a unanimous decision versus... Uh, right. You saw a little Jordan. mercy in there, too, I think. Yeah, you, saw, Spence, you yeah. saw a lot of mercy in there, honestly, in my personal opinion, with the Earl Spence Mike Garcia fight. And then so, when uh, we watched... Uh, Sandor Martin. When we saw Sandor Martin fight, it just looked like it, it could have went either way. It reminded then, me of um, the NFL, when the way they use the clock. Because that's one of the things Bernard Hopkins was really good at, is you take away their best weapons, which is his jab. He took away his jab, and then every time he tried to get mix it up, tied him up, or just yeah. got around him, and just and 
eight to clock up. Next thing you know, Mike Garcia probably didn't even realize he was behind on the scorecards, if anything, because he thought he was pressing the fight. But even... Which he was. Which he was. I'll, I'll give him credit for it. He was coming forward the whole time. I wouldn't say pressing him as yeah. far as, like, you know... He was, he was stalking he was bringing, yeah. bringing the heat. But, um, you know... It's not a good sign when the commentators who are there to promote speak you highly start talking about he better get it together. Because even even Chris Mannix, the um, unofficial scorecard, had Mikey Garcia losing at like by the sixth round and going into the last round. And that's never a good sign because a lot of times these guys are going to, you know, they're always going to want to talk up the, the, the money guy. That's what they have to do. Okay. So this is his second loss in the last three fights, so we're not going to say he's done with no. or we, we just won't. But is this the type of fight? Now, now – who was this? Who was who's who was this on? Sandor Martin for fighting his type of fight, or Mikey Garcia for not establishing dominance like he wanted to? Because Sandor Martin, he came in at thirty-eight and two, mm-hmm. with only thirteen KO. So you know he's a boxer. What was his ranking on any, anything? Is he ranked anywhere? Oh, let me. Because uh, this is where promoters are geniuses. They're like, they saw this guy like you know fight. What was this? At, this was at one forty, right? Yes. So I, I and I'll tell you exactly what lost Mikey Garcia this fight. Yeah, Sandor Martin for WBC seventh. He's seventh for WBA. Um, so as a promoter, you're gonna go through this top ten list. You're like, well, we gotta get a top ten guy, right? Let's yeah. go look someone with good record, maybe an awkward style or someone that we know they're gonna knock him out. But what lost Mikey Garcia? Mikey Garcia lost this fight before he entered the ring. He's, you tell me how. Tell him why you mad, son. Tell him why you mad. He spent way too much time preparing his intro, walking in. Is that, gathering, is that where it is? Well, think about it. He had over 100 farmers walk in the ring with him. They had security standing next to him while he was pulled on a tractor. You can't just... It's not freestyle. You can't just go and improvise that. Because dudes will be falling off that tractor left or right, right? Okay. And if you watch it, they're all stood still. Nobody's budging or anything. So that means they most likely they had to rehearse this thing probably three or four times a week before leading up to the fight, making sure everybody knows their place, where to stand and everything. That this is in California. He had Jose Ramirez coming out with him. And when you take away that, this is time that he took away from training camp that he's never taken away before, ever. You know what I'm saying? Because he's always just walked in with whoever. Mike Garcia is, this is the first time he's ever had somebody like on a microphone singing his intro, right? He's always just let the DJ play. He never came in with, I can't think of any famous Mexican rappers. Um, my man. South Kid, Park Mexican. Kid Frost, right? <laughs> he never came out with these guys. So my guess, my assumption is that that's a lot of time taken away. Just for someone who's performed, you have to, you want to do sound checks, you want to do anything. And if it's a big event, you gotta make sure everything goes perfect, right? So, long story short, he Deontay Wilder. His his intro was yeah. what messed him up. Yes, instead of a heavy outfit, he had too many Mexicans. <laughs> who would have <laughs> Who would have thought that would have been the case? <laughs> who would have thought that would the case? I wonder how many. That's all I got to say. Is this? <laughs> we'll move on. We'll move on. All right. Now. Have you ever seen an all heavyweight fight card ever that you can think of? No, but I but I love it. I was a huge fan of it. Yes, it was really great to watch. I've the heavyweight division has always been at least for me and you and our our era of boxing. It's always been since Mike Tyson. It's the pinnacle of sports. It is. It, it, uh, you you 
There is nothing more iconic than saying I'm the baddest man on the planet. Literally. There is nothing but like so it's even even now that you see the well, we're gonna get into it. We're gonna cover we're gonna cover the undercards first before we get into yes. the actual main event. But when you see these pictures of big I'm not gonna call him fat, but bigger, you know, um Tyson Fury and you're like, This is what the alpha male's body looks like, you can't say nothing about it. Is you you I I mean it's this it's debatable but when it comes down to the facts it's just like he is the baddest man on the planet he he's he is in the likes of Muhammad Ali Mike Tyson you know Klitschko you know, all all, all of these them. all of them all of them so someone at six nine is not supposed to be able to move that fast and punch that fast. Let's go ahead. Let's talk about the all heavyweight fight card. So Jared Anderson could be, you know, he's been a, the butt of a conspiracy for me. He possibly have knocked out knocked out uh, Tyson Fury in the training camp, which led to the delay of the fight, possibly. But the dude is uh, he's twelve and zero with twelve knockouts, and he fought some Ukraine dude. Don't even remember his name. The guy who was undefeated lives in Vegas, but hasn't fought in two years. This dude got the call probably a couple weeks ago, I'm guessing, right? And they stopped the fight. Jared Anderson looked really good, but this is a name that everybody needs to remember now, if you didn't know. Um, they were talking they were talking about that beforehand. They were just like, hey, you're on this, you're on this undercard, you're on this bout mm-hmm. to show everybody in a showcase. Yeah. And he got him out of there quick. Got him out and of there. And then that's what he was supposed to do. So exactly. and it's one thing when it's just like you have those expectations. I had a I had an intro for something like about expectations, but I'm not sure if I used it already. Mm-hmm. But and so I didn't. But it's one thing when people are expected things of you. Whether you perform or deliver, that is going to dictate the rest of how people how yeah, people are going to interact. With, yeah, how people are going to interact yes. with you. So if you go over here and this goes to a decision and you don't look good doing it, it's just like ah. Uh, but you go in here, you knock out. All right, yeah. the name again, Jared Anderson. Jared Anderson is who you're going to be looking for in the future. The best thing about him is that he slid in and just stole and absorbed a name from someone else because this is big baby Jared Anderson. I don't remember the name. What was the name of the other big baby who got busted three times with the Jarrell Miller. Jarrell Miller, that's right. Who's trying to come back and fight. Probably just gonna have to be Jarrell Miller now. If anything, his first fight back should be against Jared Anderson. And we should settle who the big baby is right Battle now. of the big babies. Battle of the big babies. You know what I'm saying? And, and then we should have uh the Lakers. Yeah, nah, I'm the Lakers from Boston. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Boston, and whatever. Audience, uh, yeah, it, it, this is a boxing show, so we don't need to mix <laughs> basketball players. <laughs> Even though I do it all the time. But go ahead. Continue, okay. continue, continue. Jared Anderson is a name to look out for. Anytime you got somebody on this knockout streak who can box with an amateur background. Be aware of him. Um, the next up was a rematch. Robert Hellenius, the Nord Viking or something like that. Something yeah. Versus Adam Kalnowski. Kalnowski, yep. This is a rematch. Kalnowski was the dude that was getting hyped up. Hyped up because he threw a lot of punches. This is a rematch because he lost, got knocked out in the fourth round the first time. Have you ever seen a man have both his eyes shut in the, by the end of the first round? I'm pretty sure I have, mm-hmm. but I just don't remember it off the top of my head. I can't think of any that wasn't like in a movie or a comedy setting. Um, this was crazy because 
whatever happened to Adam Kamnowski in that first match, you know, when you see a man lose something or a part of himself, that's what it was. Like, he was not the same guy going into this. Because I think the first one, I think we picked Kalinowski to win that yeah. one. Yeah, we, Robert, had, we had him picked. Robert Hellenius was at the, he's at the end of his career. He was like, lose, he lost his last three fights or something. And he was set up to lose. Ended up knocking this dude out. Now, sometimes there's somebody that just has your number. That's just what it is, right? Hey, styles make fights, Manny man. Manny Pacquiao and Timothy Bradley. Love Timothy Bradley. One of my favorite fighters of all time. Manny Pacquiao just had his number, no matter what. Well, no, I don't even think he had his number. I just thought he was just better than him. It didn't matter. Now, yeah. if you were to talk, if you were to talk about like, so, if we, if we, I can go two ways with this. I can go Eli Manning over Tom Brady. <laughs> had his number. Yeah. Uh, or I could go uh, Manny Pacquiao with Marquez. Yeah. Okay. Because like even before Marquez knocked him out. You could go either way with yeah. those first three fights. That's true. That's so, true. and that's what makes that's what makes them epic. If, like, and that's and the wild thing about that, of course, Timothy Bradley handled Juan Manuel Marquez. Yeah, handled that. that handled. That's the that's the beauty of it, and that's why that's the imperfections that make it perfect. That's the imperfections. That's why we love boxing. Now, Robert Hellenius, whose career was at its end, beat Kamaski two times. He's now in the talks of a possible opponent for either Dylan White. Um, Joe Joyce, they've even mentioned his name with Tyson Fury and Usyk because it's it's just a body at this point. But now he's back in the mix. You know, it's it's one of the things about boxing that that did hurt that hurts the sport through a lot of casual fans' eyes. Oh, as soon as they get a loss, their career's done, right? I hate people. I hate people like that, right? I hate people, and it's because that's never the case. What happens when you get a loss is that there's less money invested in you. But you can get it back. You get, we we talk about this all the time. The loss, like Manny Pacquiao just retired. Yeah, with eight losses. Like, yeah, Tyson wasn't undefeated. Muhammad Ali wasn't undefeated. The undefeated thing is is nice to have, yes. but it's also a hindrance to a lot of people. Yes, so it is because in our era, there's only been one that we know, Floyd. Yeah, right, and that's it. And obviously. Probably the gun. Andre Ward. Andre Ward, yeah. And, but his was just 50 and over. So Andre Ward, killer. Yeah. Um, who else did it undefeated? Was uh, my man uh, Joe Kawasaki retired undefeated? Um, I'm trying to think. Is there anybody yeah, else? Kawasaki was like, what, 46 and 0, 49? 46 and 0, yeah, 46 and 0. So and that's just a few names off the top of my head. So Robert Hernandez, back in the mix. I can see this guy. He's probably going to end up in the ring. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up in the ring against Wilder's first fight back. Um, don't be surprised if he ends up in the ring against maybe Anthony Joshua's first fight back. So, but Adam Kalinowski, he needs to, I don't know, he needs to really sit and figure out where he's at and if he still wants to do this. Because I felt like he lost a little bit more of himself in this fight. Especially when you, when you, when he still came in the heavy, the favorite to win, even though he lost the first one. So, shout out to the Nord Viking. At least you're not plundering and pillaging, pillaging. anymore. So, now, this co-main event was a very... Anticipated heavyweight matchup. That's hold on. Who who are you bringing up? Carlos Sanchez, F.A. Ajabe. Oh, um, nostalgia's sake. We did have uh, Muhammad Ali, mm -hmm. or is that was it? Which fight card was this? This was this is the Tyson Fury fight card. So um. Okay. Yeah. 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 And then well, okay. Yep. Yep. You you got it. You got it. This is what I do. Do yeah, what yeah. I do. Do what I do. You're right. You're right. I apologize. Go ahead. Go ahead. MC this. How come? Are all Cuban heavyweights sixty years old? Yes. Right. Okay. Good. Yes. Let you know what, man. 
Life wears on you, man. Yeah, Cuba. Yeah, Cuba. Yeah. You can see it. You can see people that you went to high school with, and you're just like, hey. It's like, I'm pretty sure you've seen pictures of yourself when you went through your little patch, and you look now. You look way better now than when you were. Life can wear on you, bro. So, yeah, all Cuban fighters are probably 60 years old. But that's only on the face, because the bodies are great. Bodies are great. It's well, not Luis Ortiz. For the most part. Yeah, I will say, yeah, for the most part. Yeah. I wonder who's older, Luis Ortiz or this dude, Carlos Sanchez. But. And now, F.A. Ajabi. Ajabi. Um, I don't know if he's, he's probably more famous for the you know the incident where he had the guy walk out on the ring. Yep. Solid guy. Yeah. Um, but I think with this fight, it came down to reps and experience. That, that's exactly what it came down to because, like, I I personally wanted him to win this I fight because I liked I liked him. He's a knockout artist. Yeah. He looks like a hard worker. He mm-hmm. actually looks like a better overall boxer than Deontay Wilder. Yes. But what I said throughout the fight, throughout the whole thing, he's Cuban. He's Cuban. He's Cuban. Yeah, that's right. Cuban, Cuban B. B. And it, it is so you can. Taskmasters. We talked about we talked about this when we were watching this fight. We were like, hey, there's only certain thing, ethnicities that you can do this. You can say he's a Cuban fighter. You can say he's a Mexican fighter. Mm-hmm. You can say he's a Eastern European fighter. Mm-hmm. That's about. Or Irish fighter. Irish fighter, yeah. I, I, off the top of my head, that was really it. You can't say he's black. You can't say he's white. You can't say he's Canadian. You can't say he's, you no, he's know. American, he's American. Even he's, the Canadians, they call Americans. Yeah. yeah. So it, 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 when you say that, he's a Cuban, it means something. There is a, there is a, what do you call it? A platform. There is a, the a pinnacle. There's a bar. There's a bar of how they fight. They're all. All of them have immaculate backgrounds. All of them have great amateur yes. experience. Yes. And all of them are boxers. Yes. Even the heavyweights are boxers. We're talking about we're There's talking about nobody, no boxers are more disciplined than Cuban fighters. Pro- probably. And you then could we're argue ta- that the, the Olympic rules were changed because of Cuban fighters. We're talking about we're talking about a country, a small country, in fact, that where outside of Floyd there is an argument to be made about Ares Randy Laura beating Canelo. Yeah. Yeah. And like, he, like I, I I personally watching that fight wanted Canelo to win, and I'm like, I remember my boy Jared. My Jared's like, hey, oh, man, I don't know about your boy, man. And I was like, I don't know either. Yeah. It, there's a standard There's a standard that comes with uh, being a Cuban fighter, and that showed. Yeah, and Ares Randy Laura, he lost that fight because this was his first – this was Canelo's first fight after Floyd. Yeah, and Floyd made him pay for it. Ersandy didn't make him pay for it. Yeah, and gave the fight right. enough. He uh, didn't make him pay for it enough. Yes, exactly. Carl Sanchez though, he made Fa pay for it and knocked him out. Yeah, right? stopped him. Yeah. So now for Fa, who I think is a good fighter, this should be a fight for him. This should make him better. Yeah, I he, think this should so. super saying him. He should be able to take on Carl Sanchez again and maybe get a win or any other slick boxers like this and be able to know how to handle. Him. This is, uh, this is one of the, and we'll we'll get into it with uh, Deontay Wilder, but this is one thing I don't think he depended on his power as much as he did. Whereas now it's focus on your boxing, and you can wear somebody down, and then the power will come with it. You slow him down, hit him on the hips, you know, slow him down, hit him into, into the body, and then eventually the head will follow. That's whatever you got to do. But shout out to Carlos Sanchez getting the win. Um, it's it's good to see fighters. Still be able to make it in the heavyweight division and be a member of AARP. What can you do? That's what it is. Now, there's some great trilogies out there. 
There's only three few in uh, heavyweight history. Um, I like to start with one of my favorite trilogies, Gotti versus Ward. Everybody okay. knows about this one. People who don't know boxing heard of Gotti versus Ward. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's how big, brutal fight this was to where these guys became best friends, but the promoters were like, you got to have a third fight. You know, like, we really don't want to. Money changes everything. Um, Big Daddy Bo versus Evander Holyfield. Another crazy trilogy. Um, one of the more popular ones, too, here is uh, Antonio Barrera versus... Uh, Marco Antonio Barrera versus Eric Morales. El Talibe. That's a, that's a crazy trilogy. Um, Ollie versus Frazier. Ollie versus down Frazier. goes Frazier. Yep. The Thrilla in Manila. Well, down goes Frazier was yeah. Frazier and uh, Foreman. Foreman. But that... The Thrilla in Manila was... Uh, that's Frazier... Ali. No, Frazier Ali. Yeah. So, I can't remember the last time that a fight title was is mentioned more than the actual headline. So, like, we'll always say Wilder versus Fury, but people from that era, they refer to it as the thriller in, in Manila. Yeah. And everybody just knew what it was. Um, Pacquiao Morales three times. That's another trilogy. Um, now, I'd save the best for last. Tony Zale versus Rocky Graziano. Tony Zale is the gym my dad went to. Okay. Um, my, my man Adante, his dad went to Tony Zale's gym too. Quince Weird coincidence. Now, for our, our era, we had Tyson Fury versus Jonathan Wilder. Now, for those who listen to the show, should be like, well, suddenly we know what you're going to say. You've already been talking up Tyson Fury a lot. That he runs the, I've been saying it for years. He runs the table. And even I said it going into this fight. I was really, really still a little... You're on the always going to be worried with a puncher like that. Now, was this the greatest heavyweight championship fight of our era that you could think of as far as for just a back-and-forth battle? Yes. And the way it ended and everything? Yes. Because the thing is, you got to think of what what counts. It's, it's not just the ending. It's not the knockout. It's the ebbs and flows of the whole thing. Yes. Deontay Wilder was out early. Yes. They said he got hit in his ear or something like that, and his equilibrium was mm -hmm. off, and he has recovered. From the very first couple of rounds, we were like, okay, from the very first two rounds, when Deontay Wilder was going with the jab to the body, you're like, okay, this is something this different. Is good. Yeah. Then Tyson Fury started coming forward. Mm -hmm. He started fighting on the back foot. Then around the fourth round, Deontay Wilder wasn't the same, so I don't know if it did mess he, up his he equilibrium. He got knocked down in the second round, and then he knocked Tyson Fury down in the fourth round. And you got, and then he also knocked Tyson Fury down twice in one round, which is the first time for him. Yeah, it's and you don't hurt. Hurt. We didn't know exactly what's going to happen. Yes, and that's what made this beautiful. So good. So good. Beautiful. So good. And 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 for Malik Scott, the trainer. Do you think there's ever a moment where he even considers stopping the fight? No, man. We always say it. Die on your shield, boys. Yeah. Hey. Die, hey, hey. He already knocked you out last. And, it, and it's not like he's got strong. It's not like it's Deontay Wilder got knocked out. Yeah, yeah. He, not, he knocked you out. Yeah. So it's yeah. It, it's boxing. You're going to take that risk. It's, it's but I don't think he's going to get hurt, hurt to where it's. You're not going in convulsions or still swinging on the ground. Yeah. Now, shout out to Deontay Wilder. He wanted to die on a shield, right? Yeah. Died on the shield. I think one thing for Wilder, because of how the last, the Fury, the last fight and the aftermath of the last fight was with him, I think he gained everybody's respect back as far as for. There's, I looked at him like he was damaged goods almost. Like I thought, I looked at Wilder because the way he reacted from the loss as, well, he's, he took something from you. He took a yeah. part of you. It's yeah. gone, right? And whether it was the Fury you brought into everybody, it was just gone. But then his silence was best.
Yeah. I'm saying his silence was so good. Now, all right, let me let me get let me get on a couple yeah. things about this, man. I think the be- you know what made you know what made this fight great. Also, I think the storyline before and after and everything that goes around the fight, and then the fight actually was the cherry on top. I think the fight was probably the most minimal, but the most important part of it. Yes, it was like. Everything that everything that went into it, it was literally every. It was literally the cherry. It was the whipped cream. It was the everything that you put on yes. just to be like, this is the extra added sprinkles to it. And the reason why I say that too is because when we talk about before how Deontay Wilder acted acted after the fight, the second fight, he got dominated. He got dominated. But this one I love it is because he after the fight. He wanted nothing to do with Tyson Fury. He didn't want to shake his hand. He didn't, you know, all that. But then he goes on Twitter a couple of days after it comes down. He's like, the better man won this night. Hats off yeah. to you. All that kind of stuff like that. Now, this is what I love about it. Because I had this talk about it. We always talk about the imperfections yeah. that make it perfect. And we were, ta- I was talking about this at work. And we were talking about football. I was like, you don't want a perfect game. You, you can't. Because then we have nothing to talk and we have nothing to argue. Yeah. Exactly, exactly, yes. Buster Douglas and Tyson. Tyson had a problem with Buster Douglas's count. He thought it was real long. He thought it was 13 seconds. I have screenshots. There's an argument on this one. I have screenshots. There's an argument on this one. Of Tyson Fury's knockdown. Ref was Kenny Bayless. Who, who's, who's a solid who's ref. Who's a solid ref. Now, but this is what's beautiful about it. Mm-hmm. Found this in the rule book, bruh. Ooh, yes. Let me take out the glasses. (laughs) When a knockdown occurs, Mm -hmm. the down boxer's opponent shall go to the furnace neutral corner and remain there while the count is being made. The referee may stop counting if the opponent fails to go to the neutral corner and resume the count where he, she left off when the opponent reports or returns to that neutral corner. So... Legit count. Because I know the, the argument with the Tyson one was, with Tyson and Douglas, was that when if the ref when if the ref gets you to the neutral corner, he picks up the count where the, the ringside the person just, left off. Yeah, yeah. So that's that was the argument with the Tyson one. But this was the middle of the count where he yeah, had to stop, stop and correct him. And then go, hey, over, hey, go over there. And that takes a couple seconds yeah. and you come back. So whose fault is that? Is that Deontay Wilder for not going to the neutral corner? Because because you've seen it, you've seen people get knocked down, and you mm-hmm. see people stand over them for a yeah. second, and then they Some have that, yeah. Yeah, and then you could have lost yourself there. Yeah. Or is this karma for Deontay Wilder said I could beat Mike Tyson in his prime? Wow. <sighs> did did the did the boxing gods come down in rain? Because look. The Thou shalt not say that you yeah. shall not say the Lord's name in vain. Nope. The universe will always balance out. It just will. It's just what it is. No matter what it seems like or how crazy times get, the universe will find a way to balance out. It just does. And that is that is one of the best things you've ever pulled up. <laughs> ever in history. And we're going to forward that to Mike Tyson. So next time he sees Deontay Wilder, he's like, hey, you think you could have beat me? He's like, this, this is what happened. This is what happened. Because he knocked him down twice. Okay. Yeah. And this is what Deontay Wilder actually said after it. He said, he said, um, I did my best, but it wasn't good enough tonight. I'm sure what happened 
I'm not sure what happened. I knew that he didn't come in at 277 to be a ballet dancer. He came to lean on me, try to rough me up, and he succeeded. Yeah. You only came in eight pounds heavier, bro. You but came in did, 20 pounds. But yeah. he did exactly what we said he was going to do. He came in heavy. He came in and did exactly what he was going to do. He was going to lean. Yeah. He was going to use all that weight, cool. and that's exactly what you do. You're trying to lift him up. You're trying to... And you know what's crazy? One of the craziest things about that is, so the last fight, last heavyweight fighter I've seen do that was a fighter from the Kronk gym, Vladimir Klitschko, when he fought David Hay. Did the exact same thing to him because David Hay was knocking everybody out of heavyweight, came into this, thought he was going to knock out Klitschko. Klitschko did the same thing, boxed him up and leaned on him. Leaned on him, man. And that, and he, and that was a Kronk fighter, Tyson Fury's current trainer, Sugar, uh, what's it, uh, I was about to say Sugar Ray Seals. I can't think of his name now. Um, Sugar something. But uh, he's from the Kronk gym. He's uh, Emmanuel Stewart. Gosh, Emmanuel Stewart. What's his name? Emmanuel what? Kronk. Pass away. Emmanuel Stewart. Oh, that's not Webster? Okay. Anyways. No, Emmanuel no, Stewart. I'm, I'm over here like, okay. what, are you what are you talking about? So, yeah. I don't know. Webster's head popped up in mind. You know, I just pictured him for some reason when I said it. But anyways, so that comes from the, that game plan comes from the same gym. Yeah, out yeah. in Detroit. I don't know if yeah. Kronk is still alive out there, but same gym. So that formula was already there that he just took from his uncle's playbook. So it makes perfect sense seeing that happen to Deontay Wilder. But when you got knockout power like that, I don't think you can get your boxing skills up to par without having a moment where you're going to rely on it. That's yeah. just what it is. When you knock out, what, 48 out of 49 opponents or whatever it is? I think it's a 43 and 42 knockouts or something. That's insane. This is another reason why I hate people when it comes to boxing. Mm -hmm. Even I got some friends that I'm sitting here, like, I ignore some of the text messages that I see in the group chats and stuff like that. Just, you think Wilder's done? Like, people are asking questions, like, literally after, what's next for right? Should He should retire. Are you guys stoned? Yeah. Like, like. This man's like, literally took no damage. Uh, uh, like, there's, like, there's three fighters in the world, and he just lost. To the best. To the best. Yeah. And now, just don't fight ever again. Yeah. No. You lose the NBA Finals, you lose the Super Bowl, and it's just like, hey, man, I just retire. Done. Just retire. I'm done. Just yeah. retire, man. You lost. You're, ne you're never going to You're never gonna get here again. You, you can't, there's nothing you can do about it. Nothing you can do about it ever. Your social card is, is gone. That's what it is. No. Like, all right. So you got dominant fighters like Tyson Fury, mm -hmm. Floyd, Muhammad Ali, and all this kind of stuff. Who You're just like, okay, and Canelo. Yeah. You're not going to do nothing about these. That's what it is. Now, this is going to make it so much better for everybody. The fact that Joshua lost. This is why we're the here. Fact this is that, why we're, this the is why the we're here. The fact that Deontay lost. The fact that now Usyk and Fury are on a crash course. We don't know when we'll see that. But one of them is going to have to lose. Usyk is confident he can beat him. I'm not counting him out. I'm not counting him out at all. I'm not counting him out at all. So it's – I'm the, not – To me, I think you're 100% correct. And this, to me, made the Joshua Wilder fight more interesting. Yeah, it does. Because now it, the fight's not going to be as big as a money fight as it would have been, but now there's more on the line than just belts. You know, it's funny. Yeah, I love I love sports because now it's all right. Deontay Wilder lost. That makes Anthony Joshua lost to Andy Ruiz a lot better. Yeah. It's just like okay, okay, everybody forget that. Now me and uh, Deontay, because you still want to see that. You still do. You still want to see Both that. Both of them now have two losses. I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go to my notes, but somebody said something about Anthony Joshua, and it was just like, whenever you switch trainers, because you heard he's with um, Canelo's gym now, mm -hmm. training now to, uh, with Eddie Renoso. Renoso. And 
They were saying winning, possible trainer of the year. Uh, Jermaine actually sent me that. It was just like, with a win, before this winner loss, is Eddie Reynoso trainer of the year? Because you have Ryan Garcia, Canelo, obviously, Oscar Valdez, and stuff like that. And I said, I don't mind that. I don't mind that at all. You know what? The trainers are getting brought up right now. Exactly. Not any of them. No. Not any of them. So, no. that's, so that's definitely, that is definitely a good argument for him to be trainer of the year. And don't you, don't you love it when you got boys who aren't naturally the big boxing guys asking yeah. you these questions? I All love the time. that stuff. All the time. I love that stuff. Especially from a guy like Jimmy. Yeah. I love that stuff. There. And then so, um, now we we talked about we talked about that. But um, the guy said about Anthony Joshua, he said, it, you got to kind of worry about where a guy's headspace is, where he's looking for it being everybody else's fault, but it's all. You're changing trainers. You're changing trainers. But it's like you still haven't fully gotten a hold. You haven't been the same since you lost to Andrew Ruiz in the first. And there's a part of it I think it was. And it's it's got to be something difficult for just men in general. Where there's got to be a part of it where you have to think. It's it's not about the physical skills. It's all mental. Yeah. And I don't know if one trainer one day is gonna who's gonna develop that part of your training camp. So check this out. Check this out. I grew up a Penny Hardaway fan. Penny Hardaway was Love my Penny Hardaway. first actual favorite basketball player. Love Penny. Love, anytime a highlight or something comes on, I will always repost it to anything. Anyway, so 1995, you know, um, Nick Anderson is on the line. Long story short, he misses four straight free throws. You know, um, and that was like the turning point for them in the finals and all this kind of stuff like that. He was never the same after that. The one thing I can say about the one thing I can say about NBA, except for like a small, small percentage, everybody on one level or another was a superstar in the NBA. Whether it was in high school, whether it was in college, whether it was overseas, whether pro anything. You were the best in camp. Yeah. You miss four straight free throws and then you never recover after that. Muggsy Bogues. He said, "Look at rough too right now." He said, "The game was on the line, and Jordan said, shoot at you effing midget.' He missed the shot badly, and he said it himself. He never recovered from that. These are professionals. Yes, million dollar athletes. So it's not the physical because you can because Nick Anderson, you can make a fifteen foot free throw. That's the that's the thing if." He'll go. He'll go twenty for twenty. Yeah. You know this, but this is what happens when you talk about the mental game, and it's across all sports. You, what did I say? What did I say? Like a week or two ago, it was like you want to make sure your enemy's not in between the ears. Oh yeah. That's what we're seeing in somebody like Anthony Joshua, man. Yes. I think his enemy is in between his ears, and you got to look inward. But the thing is, I tell people this about CrossFit. I, I you got to embrace the suck. The stuff that you don't want to do, the stuff that you hate. Is this your pickup line? Oh yeah, it gets them every time. Embrace the suck, man. You you can't. The thing is, your demons and your weaknesses are going are going to show up. They they're going to show up, and in, and especially a sport like this, when it's one on one, they show up at the warps. They 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 show up regardless, and you can't run. And you can't run. Oh. 
and you can't hide. So, um, is there a way to help fighters prepare for this? You think? I mean, this is a new. We're we're finally in. This is the first time in probably human history where the, mental it, it, mental it, health has been actually yeah, a yeah. subject. The the this is what it is. First of all, you got to get yes men out of your corner. I am been told by multiple people I am the asshole friend. Yeah, yeah, I embrace that. You know, I will never lie to you. Hey, I'm gonna tell you the truth. I'm gonna tell you what it is, and you may not like it, but it's I have called you to have you tell me the truth before. Yeah, and and I will always do, and I will always do that. You, the yes men are out of the corner, but then it's up to you to receive that and actually implement that. Yes. So I can't, you have to want it for yourself is what we always say. Yes. That is 100% true on that one. And I don't know if there's a, a, a method that you could do to help build somebody's mental strength back up or it's give all, them that confidence. It's all, it's, it's, it's all in them. It's all in them. George Foreman, the baddest man on the planet. Depressive slump for two years after he lost to Holly. Holly. He left boxing. One, one, one loss. Yeah, one, one loss. loss. He was against, like the meanest against dude the goat. Ever. Against the GOAT. And came back what? Came back a happy dude with grills. Right? He was a guy who hey, we couldn't got, even talk. We, just because I know where this is going, okay. we, we have to, we have to move on. We got, yeah, that's what I said. Right. We, we, I said last, this before. Well, this. Last thing we're moving on from this one. Greatest British heavyweight. Lennox Lewis or Tyson Fury? Lennox Lewis. As of today, I'm not going to debate that one with you because I think I, I, I'm on the fence with it still, so I have no real opinion. I just wanted your opinion on this one. Now, <laughs> I'm um, with the black guy, dude. Yeah, of course. <laughs> he's British. Though. I don't know if that counts. Um, now, you know, uh, he'll get pulled over the same. I got a tribute here for my man here. You know, he he's always wanted to be collabed with favorite artists, um, and he's actually behind bars right now, just not 16. Adrian Boner. I don't even know what the charges are. I'm not sure. I don't even know if I want to look it up. But I just told you we have to move on because we have more material to cover. And we are moving and on. If you, if you... I just had to bring that up there, Adrian Boner, there real quick. Because now we're going to get into... Oh, okay, before we get into this, yeah, yeah. I do have a couple of uh, things that I thought were hilarious. Um, Joe Diaz commented on Ryan Garcia being hospitalized. He said Ryan Garcia got his hand he got his hand injury shadow boxing. He's a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I had to bring that I, I had to bring that up. Um we <laughs> these are some of the things that caught my eye to have me die. Um your boy Javante Davis was talking about what's his face oh, yeah. fighting. Uh, Roland whatever. Yeah. Uh, Raleigh Roland something. And he said, Hey man, you got a fur coat on as hot as hell out. It's, it's eighty degrees it's, it's outside. 80 degrees out here. Uh, I thought that. Um irrelevant uh irrelevant uh argument, but um Teofimo Lopez got into it with Devin Haney. I saw that. And then uh, Teofimo Lopez told him, I'm more relevant than you. And then he said, he said, how am I relevant because of you? I have more followers than you. My man and from the SCN. Yeah, and then he said, look how many belts I hold as a world champion. Did you see, uh, uh, what's his name? The, the ESPN writer, fat guy. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dan uh, Raphael. Dan Raphael. He retweeted on that and said, "I have more followers than both of you combined." Yeah, that, that, hey, that, there you, there you that go, was the man. Best thing so, he's ever written. Uh, you was, know what though? But uh, we kind of talked about this a little bit, and then we're we're gonna move on. I'm sorry, but um, that doesn't that hey, followers don't matter, bro. They don't, they don't at all, at all, <laughs> at all, because um, you Tia Lopez could have had 20 followers, and then he beat Lomachenko. Guess what? 
Ryan Garcia would have as many followers because ladies love him. That's what it is, right? Oh. Um, also, Terrence Crawford asked, he wants, uh, was asked if he wants to outshine Earl Spence his win versus Sean Porter, and he said, who is he to outshine? I'm tired of everybody comparing me to somebody that's only had two belts in his whole career. He's talented, but there's levels. Uh, I'm a fan of everything that is going on in the I world know, I right love now. Terrence Crawford on this one. This is why I love that dude because you know he's something's wrong with that guy, and he's a mean in the right way. In the right way, and it's All right, come on, man. The proper come on, way. Now, come on. let's get to it. I had a great line when I first mentioned this to talk about Shakur Stevenson versus Jamel Perry. Um, I said, was it a, was this a boy versus a man? Now. Are we going to skip over the undercards where we had oh, yeah. lineage? We, we got to give yeah. a shout-out. So, ha. Go ahead. So, well, no. Yeah, you, you so, well, it, we had so George we Foreman, one of his. We had George Foreman's son. George. Uh, George. <laughs> George. Um, got a knockout victory. And then we had, for his second pro fight, the co-main event was Nico Ali Welsh. Yep. Walsh. Walsh. Yep. Now, uh, grandson of Muhammad Ali. How many fights do you think that dude got into when people just did not believe Muhammad Ali was his grandfather? Just by looking at him. Light skin probably had a lot on his chest. A whole so probably lot, a lot. Whole lot. Probably whole a lot. lot. Like, it, it was Layla Ali. Layla Ali. Like, you know, tough titty dude. That's what that was. So, for this guy, though, very patient and calm. Second pro fight. Looked like he was supposed to look. He he was. I thought he was poised because um, he, he didn't look at it at first. No. He didn't look at it. He was getting he was getting uh, chin checked a few a few times. But he um, no. Granted, the guy he was fighting was double his age. Yeah. But that's what you do sometimes when you gotta get these guys on this career path. Now, for his promoters and everything. The less they bring up Muhammad Ali, the better for this man's career. Yeah. Because luckily for him, he's not his direct son. It worked for Creed. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know? But then remember, he's not Creed Johnson. It's just Creed. Yeah. You know? So that's what that was. But Nico Walsh, Nico Ali Walsh, I do like that someone in this lineage is out there. Hopefully he can make a staple for himself and get out of the shadow of his mother and his grandfather. Okay. And that's because that's the only way his career can really be judged, unfortunately. Yeah. Now. It's not going to happen. But go ahead. It's not going to happen. Um, I said man versus boy, or does a boy become a man? That was some grown man stuff. That was grown man business. Shakur Stevenson well exceeded my expectations. I was going to say. Can you be surprised and not at the same time? Yes, you have to be. You have to because I, I I had him winning this fight. Now the thing is, Jamel Herring from his lineage, I will always count exactly who they are. You can't count somebody out like Jamel Herring, who's a certified champion, especially. <sighs> We've been looking for. So, 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 okay, okay. You guys have heard this many a times. Uh, Shakira Stevens is my second favorite active boxer right now. And he's making me mad because every time there's a challenge, and I think it's going to be a challenge, he, Floyd Mayweather's it and exceeds the expectations and outperforms who he's supposed to be. So I'm still looking for somebody to make, to see if he has dog in him, but I can't get there. It is one of those Roy Jones Jr.'s is just like, is he just better than everybody else? And I'm, I'm, 
I'm, I don't know how to that take... That was damn near flawless. How he did, Was there any moment where it was just like... Jamal Herring just looked outgunned, outmanned. Joe Tessator brought it up to Timothy Bradley when they saw him fight last in New York. And they said, did, and he said, did Shakur Stevenson just get his grown man straight? Yeah. And, and also, he said Timothy Bradley had something to do with that. He said, and he talked and he said his last fight was boring. Yep. Honestly, I didn't think he did anything remotely different as far as just... too safe. That was maybe he, it. he put more pressure on it. Yes. He put way more pressure on him, and then I thought it was great. I thought he did the perfect amount of what he did. He him to the punch. Jamel's Herring game plan was to back him up. He was getting backed up the whole fight. He countered. He did nothing wrong. This kid's reflexes are insane. Immaculate. Insane. Do, do we need to check this dude's confidence level now? Like, does he need... We, we we should start a petition to make sure he has no yes-men around him. You know all. what? I Because that's the only well, thing the, that worries the, me about the, the, the yes-men is one thing, but you want to... Be confident. No, no. You, you'd rather somebody try to tone you down yeah. than to bring you up. Yes. So it's good that he, ha it's good that he has a confident... Um, we were talking about this in all in my one of my group chats, and discipline. Yes, that is the only thing. That is the only thing that's gonna. But I saw a tweet from him that I it made me smile, made my heart smile. It, it said, "Besides my family, there's nothing I love more than boxing." You guys don't know. This is I think about this twenty four seven. There are very few people who are masters of their craft. Yes, very few. And we, we said this in the beginning of his career. The fact, because he was with uh, TMT. He was with Mayweather's camp. And then he took, then he went, then he, then he went under Andre Ward's wing. And then he, uh, and now he has uh, the mentorship of Terrence Crawford. Yes. He is on the right path. He is on the right path. And it's crazy though, because Jamal Herring trains with Bomac, which is Terrence Crawford's trainer. Um, and as much, and I do love the sportsmanship part of it, because as much stuff, he was talking talk. to Jamal yeah. Herring. Yeah. The first thing he did was go over and greet the man. And you saw nothing but love in both their eyes. On both their right eyes. Right away. And then even even afterwards, and then even what's great about it is Jamal Herring's uh, girl even tweeted out and was yeah. like, hey, you don't have to be a villain to sell fights. Your talent's going to do that alone, and congrats. And, and I was like, you, you don't see that too much. I mean, I know he's young and he's a That's kid. That's a good call-out like, from her, especially yeah. because it's 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 got to be natural for Shakur Stevenson because in his head, he, he grew up watching Floyd. Yeah. This was the bar. You yeah. know, this is what this guy did and made more in boxing. It's still yeah. making more in boxing yeah. without boxing. Yeah, exactly. So, this kid is so special. We said beforehand, slow down, you weren't ready for Oscar Valdez. Is your opinion still the same on that one? I, if this was a slugfest, I could have told you. Yeah. But it wasn't. He made it look so easy. I don't know. Now he's calling out Bob. He's calling out what he's called Javante Davis. He's also calling out Bob Aaron, the top rank, because he yeah. wants Valdez back. Yeah. And the response was automatically that I guess Aram is in talks with. Uh, he's trying to make Valdez versus uh, Emmanuel Navarrete. And Val Valdez, I think he's the bigger fighter. He should be able to take care of that. One. Um. So now is is this Aram being Aram? He likes to keep everything in house, protect his fighters, build up. He he's. He is a master promoter. He's 105 years old, still banging 20-year-olds probably. 
and Floyd left him and did what he did because he got that blueprint from Bob Arum. Oscar De La Hoya left him, did what he did with Golden Boy because he got that blueprint from Bob Arum. So he knows something about boxing. So for Shakur Stevenson now to press the issue, this is definitely a good thing on his part because Bob Arum's going to do it or not. But that's going to be the best way for him to get Oscar Valdez. Because I think if, and if I was Oscar Valdez, I'd want to fight him now sooner than later. Because the more experience he gets, the, that's going to be the more dangerous Because that's what most of the, that's what most of these younger fighters that we saw with uh, F.A. Ajagbe and all this kind of stuff like that. It, 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 even though <laughs> even though Canelo had fifty fights before he fought Floyd, that experience was alone, and and, it's just, and that's that's the that's, that's the difference levels. between it. There's the levels, levels, levels. Now, what's the funniest thing is that when Shakur Stevens came into the pro as a pro, he came in with Mick Conlon, and these dudes were even up until this last year. Shakur has his leapfrogged him. Seated. Leapfrogged him. Super Mick Conlon, he won his last fight, but he's not even close to Shakur's level. Good fighter, but I don't see no world class like this off of the comparison since they were if both we, from the same in, Olympic in the class. In the Hey, hey, come on. Respect the podcast, man. Respect it. Yeah. If they fought early in their career, we could have been like, it could have been a pick em. Yeah. We were going to take the Irishman. Of course, I was going to take Shakur. And then we, we could have still picked up. But now yeah. it's just like it doesn't even make sense for them to fight unless, unless you're just going to build lineage about, hey, these guys came in at the same time. This is what the same yeah. Olympics and all that kind of thing. But that's the only thing that's going to sell it. But, but And that was the only comparison they had because Shakur got the silver and he got the bronze. So... But Shakur, though, man, they, they sent Mick Collin back to Ireland, right? Yeah. I'm, I, I'm sorry I keep calling him Mick Collin. It's kind of racist, everybody, but everybody calls it's him too late now. That's yeah. what it is, right? So, but Shakur, man, I don't even know how to handle this dude because this dude is on another level. He, he is. He's – it's – um. One, a basketball is the easiest comparison that I can make just mm -hmm. because, like, it, it comes like that. Yeah. It comes like that to me. Kobe was allowed to play 20 years. LeBron could play 20 years. Jordan played as long as he wanted to. It wasn't all athletic ability. They knew what they were doing. Yeah, they knew that. It's yeah. more at Floyd. Yeah. Andre Ward. It's more than Canelo. It's yeah. more than athletic ability. Yeah. These guys are smart. Yeah. They're masters at their craft. Yes. They're disciplined. And if he stays, he he showed all of that. All that. He one thing class, I loved about everything. one thing I loved about um, especially with the difference. Even when he was talking smack, he never crossed the line. Yeah. You know, it never it never got to push in and shoving because there was no real bad blood. Just talking smack. And then so you look at you look at stuff you look at things like this and you're you're just you don't know you don't know exactly where they're gonna go, but Shakur wasn't looking for the knockout yeah. knockout, but it came it, because it, it he came. just sat there and boxed it the whole time. Battered him. I I think I gave one round to Jamal Herring out of Sympathy. Yeah, exactly. It, it was, and that's all it was, bro. Out of sympathy. We're not talking about a tomato can. We're talking about a champ at yeah. this moment. And it was because, well, I thought he flurried in, at the end. It was like a fifth or sixth round. He stole the last half of the fight mm -hmm. with a flurry, and that was it. But right now, Shakur Stevenson, I, I think all I can think of is John Jones, because the only person that could beat John Jones is John, John Jones. Jones. And with Shakur Stevenson, he is so young. And I couldn't, if I was him at that age, also. How do you? It's gonna be so difficult for him to avoid it. Broner, 
say it. Bong Shahu. Boner. Say, oh yeah, 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 yeah. So it, I, I mean, he got high. He got high on his own hog, yep. reading his own press clippings, mm-hmm. and then you saw how that got the bars he wanted. Oh man! This dude is on another level and has everything given to him to be the next greatest boxer. And he's got the frame to go up. So we'll see. We'll see. Now, if you were Bob Arum, who would you want Shakur Stevens to fight next? Okay, give him what he wants. Yeah, give him what he. You know what? You have a potential superstar. You, you know you got a potential superstar, but you know if I'm Bob Arum, I I don't I understand the. Okay, first of all, first of all, like what when you got Bill Gates and Elon Musk, how rich is rich? Bob, you've been doing this since the, you've been doing this. It's not like you need the money, so you're not really worried about. I I, 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 I don't ever I don't ever I don't ever want to you know watch anybody else's pockets, but I know if I'm in Bob Arum's shoes. It's not going to be on me. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, hey. You wanted this guy? I'm going to get him for you. So it's going to be on the other guy to make it up. So yeah. I'm calling Oscar Valdez. You're talking about Oscar. It's not going to be on me. Why wouldn't you want the best fight made possible? It's right going to it's going to play itself it's, out. It, after will, that. it will. It will. And even with the, all the young prospects out there, the only one that I think is an actual possible threat to Shakur Stevenson is Javante Davis. And even then, we were talking about um, we were talking about because just because Javante hits a little harder. We were and we were talking about that because um, my boy Al, he was uh, he I love Al because he is so quick to jump to conclusions. Like just the other day, he was like, "The Lakers lose this game, they are trash." It's game three. Game three, bro. It's so game down. three. Yeah. So it's just like so. And I and I love I, I I love and I love that about him. And then he said. You know, he fights Javante, he's going to get knocked out. He's going to get slept. And I said, not necessarily. History has shown the boxers usually win that. Now, now, uh, now. Shakur Stevens has a stat on how many times he don't get hit. Yeah, he has, a, he has, a, and he is number one, I think, right now. Like as far as active fighters, like his, like him and Terrence Crawford and stuff like that. And it not only just uh, we just seen it with, and I told him, I gave him these stats. I was like, hey, uh, Buster Douglas Tyson, you know, Ali Foreman. Uh, Floyd Canelo, we, uh, uh, shit. Who are we? Uh, Tyson Fury, Deontay mm-hmm. Wilder. We, there's a history of this. I said, hey, I said, until he, uh, until he slept, Leo Santa Cruz, he was losing that fight. He was losing that fight, hundred percent, hundred percent losing that fight. And who's a better boxer, Leo Santa Cruz or Shakur yeah. Stevens? Um, Shakur Stevens for sure, for sure. So, so for sure. So it's not far fetched to say that Shakur Stevens. If I remember correctly, the, the stat was is that. On a, on a per round average, he's hit five times. I think it was four. Four, yeah. I think it was four, like four point. This four guy's or something got like that. as a professional, he's got almost probably over a hundred rounds already, mm-hmm. and he's on average gets touched four rounds, four four hits. That's, That's insane. Forty eight times a fight. That's insane. Yeah, it's insane. So enough with giving him props because I don't want him to start believing my press clippings on him. I want him to stay focused, keep the right people around him, like Andre Ward. To make sure that he has that good balance in life. Now, Terrence Crawford said, "You're looking at the next." He said, "What the future pound for pound, the future number one pound for pound fighter." Do you believe that? Um, if he, if he was Lomachenko, they would have put him in it already. That's all I know. Facts. That's all I know. That's all I know right now. And I don't even we I don't even think we got Lomachenko on the top ten anymore, do we? Right? No. No, we don't. So now let's talk about the number one pound for pound fighter. Because we're not going to talk about fight card because he really doesn't have good fight cards. 
But Canelo Alvarez versus my man Caleb Sweethand Plants. Oh yeah, I forgot what we're talking. We're gonna make our picks on this one here before we close out the show. Now, if, I, I, how many times have we said Sweethands is probably a house favorite? How, he's one of the house favorites. One of the house. Okay, favorites. and you know what I do? I because I'm. <laughs> when we say when we say make a pick, it's not like a prediction on who. I'm not gonna pick against you on this one um, and take the white guy. <laughs> we we I mean we do some of it for a lot of it for entertainment, but yes. we will also tell you because like sometimes sure. the pick is for fun, mm-hmm. but we will make it. But I can give you an argument why Caleb Plant. But I've been real generous with you lately. I'm taking Canelo. I, I usually I, <laughs> Canelo says I he's say, gonna knock him out eight. That's what he I, says. I was gonna say seven. I was gonna say seven, and because Caleb Plant drifts off and dies out. Yeah. And in order for him to win this fight, he he's not he can't bank rounds. No, he can't. And I don't know if he gets bored in the ring. Or if he's if it's it runs out of gas, what it is, which is trying to conserve his energy, because Canelo doesn't stop. He doesn't get tired. Nope. Not 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 years, anyways. But at that first press conference, when he put when he called him MF and he got punched and he slapped him, nothing upset me more for Caleb Plant in that moment, because at that moment I was just like, you just signed your death sentence. You just signed your death sentence. When Tom Brady was with the Patriots, yeah, you don't give him bulletin board material. No. You want to go? It's like you don't want to go in there soft and be like, "Hey, I hope he takes it easy on me." But at the same time, you do. No, you know, you, no, don't, you don't want nobody to play his case now. He has Andre Ward in his corner helping him out. Yep. Andre Ward, I don't know if he's saying this. Well, he can't. He can't not say it when you're in this man's corner. He's picking Caleb Plant to win. So I'm not sure how you want to take that one because this is Andre Ward, who's his son of God. He it, uh, also, I think Andre Ward has one. Just off the top, man. I'm not even gonna say the most, but those fights where it's just like, you know, versus him versus Sergey Kovalov, where there was Mikhail Kessler, mm-hmm. where it was called Frotch, and you're yeah. just like, or or even Chad Dawson, yeah. you're like, nobody can grind it out like Andre Ward, and Andre Ward can kind of implement that mentality, but then you just gotta perform. You gotta, you gotta Caleb Plant's not Andre Ward. He's not. He's not. He definitely isn't. Now, the best thing I think Caleb Plant has in his corner is that he's not walking in with fear or scared of this dude. Yeah. He's not well, He's not there for a payday, 100% on that one. But he's going against the Super Saiyan. Yeah. It's just what it is, man. He's going against the Super Saiyan. So, I think Canelo's going to have him out in like seven also, maybe. Yeah. I would say seven or eight. I don't see it going past the eighth round. Does hey, um, Andre Ward still beat Canelo? Not now, but prime for oh. I think so, hundred percent. I think so, hundred percent. I think that's, I think that's 100%. still, I think that's still crazy because like he's he beat Sergey Kovalev way worse than Andre Ward did. Yeah, but it, 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 styles make fights, and nobody nobody can grind it out. Like there's a Andre moment Ward. when you don't even have to be in the same room when this person suns you and you can't come back from it. When they ask. Andre Ward, well, is Canelo going to call you out? What are you going to do? He won't do, he won't do that. He won't do that. He won't do that. Conversation he, was over. Oh, he over. won't do that. Even when Canelo brought him up right now, he said, he even he got, talked to down. He said, the only reason why that I'm in this conversation, because I've been retired for this amount of years, is because he fought Kovalev and I fought Kovalev. That's it. No comparison and shut it down fast. And even if you give Andre Ward a two-to fight, I don't think Canelo wants those problems. But Sweet Hands is the one who's got him this time. So I want to pick Sweet Hands to win this fight. 
I can't even really make too much of an argument on what he has to do because I don't think anybody can beat Canelo at this point. Nah, bro, that's all we got. He'll have to fight Tyson Fury. He is cemented as pound for pound number one in square circle one on one. Tell your boy, Bobby Ocasio, Chavez Jr. is not the GOAT. He is no longer the greatest Mexican fighter. You mean Chavez Sr. Chavez Sr., that's right. Yeah, you got to ignore him. You got to ignore him, man. Yeah. So I'm sorry, my man. Canelo is the greatest Mexican fighter. And he's not done, bro. Yeah. He's not done. He can campaign at 175. Yeah. He can campaign at 175. So there it is. Canelo's going to have him out of there before eight rounds. Al, go ahead and place that bet for you. And uh, I like to, I like to watch him watch fights because this dude is more antsy than anybody else. And yeah. it has nothing to do about the fight. <laughs> so how are you doing? What you got for me? Comfort is a silent killer. Comfort is quicksand. The softer the chair, the harder it is to get out of. He loves Deontay Wilder's game plan until... Fury got to him at that end. Make sure you hit us up on Facebook.com or hit us up on Twitter at TalkingSmack101 and Instagram as well. I'm out. See you.